Hey y'all, what's up, man? It's, it's it's your future favorite baby daddy here. Um, so today's episode is going to be Dad Talk Volume One, right? Um, with my cousin here. Uh, couldn't really. I was listening to the episode. I was like, mm, didn't really get a clear direction of where I wanted to go with it. So it's Dad Talk Volume One. If you're a fan of Average Joe, it's kind of like everyday conversations. So, um, hope y'all enjoy it. I'm going to be doing more of these as well. But this is just the this is just the first volume. So I'm going to try to do one once every two months, maybe. Um. Or once every three months, maybe like once a quarter, you know, but, um, thank y'all for supporting. Thank y'all for rocking with me. Um, and let's get into the episode. This is an average Joe media production. As a father, yes, I feel like I'm somebody My life is my kid, so I tell about it And I swear it's all about that Baby daddy, I ain't a baby daddy I ain't a baby daddy Baby daddy Baby daddy, I ain't a baby daddy Welcome to another episode of Baby Daddy Chronicles. This is Troy, your future favorite baby daddy. It is I, it is he, it is your future favorite baby daddy. And today, I got the man of much knowledge, my cousin, Marcus. How we doing today? I am doing all right, man. I'm glad to be back on the podcast. I think this is my second one with yeah, you. So first ex- one of the baby daddies, the other one was Average Joe, correct? Yeah, yeah. so I'm, I'm excited to, to do this one with you. So Yeah, I, I, I wanted to... Originally, the goal was to start it whenever I had a family, whenever like I was expecting a baby to to chronicle that process. But then I was like, you know what? There's a lot of dads out there that want to tell their story, give advice, and they don't have a platform for that. So until I have it, that's that's what it's going to be. And you can take everything that we're talking about on this and use it to help you when you have your own. Exactly. Exactly. How's your mental health? It's good, man. I'm tired as hell because it's, you know, towards the end of the week. Mm -hmm. Work is good. Family is good. We're all healthy. That's so good. I have nothing to complain about. Yeah, work is good over here. Like we talked off air. I'm, um, I'm finally getting into a groove of, you know, this thing called life. Took me a while when I got on academic suspension, but I'm finally getting into It took me a <laughs> long time. <laughs> I mean, it's not when you start. It's that you finish, mm-hmm. right? And that you make it count from the time you start to the time you finish. Mm-hmm. So I'm finally getting, you know, the hang of it, starting to, you know, see the type of money that regular adults make, you know, where I don't got to struggle. What's a regular adult? An adult with a career, <laughs> with a good, with good paying career. You know what I'm saying? Like I can pay my bills and I can still go out to eat at the end of the week. Yes. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't like, like, you know what I'm saying? My check, my paycheck is more than $800. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, I, used to, I literally was just a year ago. I'm looking back. I'm like, yo, I'm only making 880. So I'm got to give and every like, two it, weeks. It, like, it, but it's all good, man. That's where you start. Mm-hmm. You just figure out where you want to go, and then you make your path to figure out how you're going to get there. Mm-hmm. It sounds like you're doing that. So. I'm trying, man. I'm trying. Today's topic, right, we're going to talk about it's okay to make mistakes. Because we had talked earlier, and you said that you feel like 
Because I feel like you're never really ready to have a child, and you disagree with that. Yeah. Uh, so let me clarify it. I think you're never really ready in the perspective that you don't know what it's like to have a child until mm-hmm. it's your own child. <clears throat> I'll, I'll, okay. Right? I agree but with I that. I think that, like, when I had my kids, mentally I was prepared. I, I was not concerned at all. I felt that I'd done everything I needed to do to make sure I was in the right position to financially take care of my kids, emotionally take care of my kids, financially and emotionally provide for my wife, Mm -hmm. you know, as a family. Right. And so we talked about it. We were ready to have kids. So it was never a question of, Oh my God, we're pregnant. What are we going to do? Or I'm surprised that we got pregnant. I knew that we were having children, both of the kids that we had, and I was ready for it. I wanted it. So from that perspective, I think, yeah, it's not always a, you're not ready. I think you can you can get to a point where you feel comfortable that you're about to bring in a life to this world that mm-hmm. is going to be solely responsible on you. I think, to your point, though, once that life is here, there's going to be things, and I'm sure we'll talk about them over the podcast, but there's going to be things that are going to happen that I, I don't care if they happen to your mom and your dad and they've tried <laughs> to tell you it, it's going to happen to you like until you experience it you won't know what to do. And I think there's always going to be things, no matter what it is that you're going to experience, that you're just not going to know what to do as a parent because every situation is unique to you and your children and whatever that situation is. Mm-hmm. Which one of your kids act like you? So they both have elements of me. Okay. Um, I'll start with my daughter. So my daughter, um, she, I have this thing where I like to hoard my sweets. I don't eat a lot of sweets, mm-hmm. but if I get cookies or I get donuts, I'll never just kind of eat them right then and there. And my roommates in college used to laugh at me a lot because I mean, I would get a cookie and then it would kind of sit on the counter for a couple of days. <laughs> my daughter is like that. It's like no one taught her that, but we'll go to Dunkin' Donuts. She'll grab the donut and she will like, she'll wait until like she's sitting down to watch Peppa Pig or something like that. And then she's like, where's my donut? I also think she has my personality, meaning like the fireside. So she doesn't take very easily to new people. Mm. She knows you. She's 100% comfortable around you. But if she doesn't know you, she's very, very kind of like cautious Mm -hmm. about how she interacts and engages with you. Um, But from the fiery side of personality, if she gets mad, she gets upset. Like there is no sugarcoating it. There is no smiling through it. There is no being nice. If she's unhappy, the whole world is unhappy. I'm kind (laughs) of like that. Like if I'm unhappy, I'm similar to that. Um, I think my son is more like his mother in respect that she's super nice and super outgoing and super jovial. Boy, listen. And he's the same He way. likes to talk. <laughs> yeah. He was like, Couture, you know what they call me? Yeah. A chatterbox. I'm yeah. like, I can see, boy. Just though I'd be like, woo. Yeah, like he, but that's what he takes from me. So as a grown person, I don't really talk as much as I used to. Uh-huh. Part of that is just I don't feel like talking to people. I don't know. Some of it is I talk all day in my job, so I'm tired by the time it, um, it, it's time to have conversation with other people but when i was a kid my crop progress reports and my report cards always said you're great but you talk a lot and my dad used to always be on me about that and so i see my son and he like takes that element from me mm-hmm. like he knows he has an answer for everything he's gonna talk even when you don't want him to talk right <laughs> so as a child that's me okay which so <clears throat> seeing how your kids are now are they anything that you thought they would be or are they completely different? I don't know that I had expectations on what they would be. 
Um, I, I don't think I had expectations on what they wouldn't be. So I, I, my answer to that question is they're exactly as they need to be. Okay. If that makes sense. That makes um, sense. Because they're, they're great. Like, I mean, I have no complaints about them whatsoever. They just, I think they're great children and they just have such great character and great demeanors about themselves. And they're young. I mean, they're under the ages of 10, both of them. Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah, I, I never sat down and said, my son is going to be like this or my daughter is going to be like this. I didn't know what to expect, but whatever they are, it's perfect right now. Like, I know your son knows me. I was surprised your daughter knew my name uh, on at your birthday party. She was like, yeah, you're control. I was like, huh? Because, yeah. you know, she don't really talk to her like that. She don't really talk to me like that. So I, I, I was like, okay, we getting somewhere. Yeah, like, we no, getting somewhere. She knows who all of you all are. Like, she knows who you are. She knows who your dad is. She knows who your mom is. And she asked about you guys, like, all the time. Now, your brothers, not so much. Yeah, yeah they're not them, around Right, like that, yeah. but you've been to my house multiple times. We've been to your house. So, like, she knows, and she's at an age, both of them, actually, I think, when they were really young, like, they remember things, mm-hmm. right? But she's at an age now where she's going to remember. And so, you're in her life. She's seen you multiple times, so she's going to remember who you are. But it's weird, because when you're looking at her, she's still so young. And you're like, how did, like, how did you remember me? Mm-hmm. Yeah, she does. Mm-hmm. What are some of the mistakes that you've made? Like when when you, when you first had your son, and and if you and did you rectify that or change that approach when your daughter came? Um, so I don't want. I don't think I know this about me, but I don't think my wife and I. I don't think neither of us really made mistakes. Okay. Um, and what I mean by that is like I think between my parents and her mother, um, we had a good amount of people around us that could kind of provide us knowledge mm-hmm. on how to do things right mm-hmm. but i think there are definitely like things that we learned that we were able to try and apply to a second child but it didn't always um necessarily like add up because they're two different people but i but an example i'll give where we were worried so it wasn't really a mistake but it was more something we worried about in the beginning with our son but with our daughter it was like whatever my son, when he was born, like he wasn't eating. Mm. And so the babies, I forget what the weight is, but they're supposed to keep a certain percentage of their weight over the course of the week that they're born or what have you. But every day that percentage was dropping. So like we were panicking, man. And we were running to the doctor every day to try and get him to eat. Cause he wouldn't like eat from his mother. And we didn't want to necessarily give him formula because we wanted everything to be like natural with the first child. Mm-hmm. And we were straight up panicking. Cause it was like, Oh my God, he's not eating. He's losing all this weight. When my daughter came along, she had no issues eating. I mean, she came out the womb eating, basically. (laughs) But, like, when other things similar to that came about, the panic that we had with my son, it was like, she'll be okay. Because, I mean, we kind of been through Uh it before, and so I realized that she's not going to die from this. Like, she'll be all right. So I think that it's not a mistake, but I will say it's a lesson learned. Does that make sense? That makes sense. That makes sense. What What are some of the struggles you face being a dad? Up to this point, I think um, one, and I'm blessed because before the pandemic, I, used I was just to, about to get to that. And it's yes, like, yeah, yeah. So before the pandemic, the way that my career is, my job is like I was always on the go. Mm-hmm. Right? I and I still work around the clock, but it was just a different type of way of working before um, the pandemic happened. And so that meant that I wasn't always present for um, my son specifically the first few years of his life and then my daughter in the very early years of her life um and so I think the challenge was trying to figure out how to be a parent that 
they recognized, mm-hmm. that they knew cared for them, but that was not always around because, mm-hmm. I mean, my job literally had me on the go. So I think that's been a challenge. And then I think, you know, the other thing, just quite frankly, as a black father <laughs> with a black son and a black daughter, it's not so much a challenge right now because the world for them still is somewhat like colorblind. Mm-hmm. But I find, and I talk about this with my wife from time to time, I find myself always getting super nervous. And I don't like to talk things into existence in the future. I'm very big on like your thoughts create your future. But knowing the world that we live in, I look at my daughter who is a brown skin, dark skin, black girl, and she's the most beautiful thing in the world. And I know what's waiting for her outside Mm -hmm. down the road, you know, with just different things that we have going on in our community. Um, And then I look at my son again, dark skin, brown skin boy, beautiful little boy. And we'll be in the supermarket and people will come up to him and they're like, oh, your son is so beautiful. Your son is so nice or his vocabulary is so good. Oh, he's such a good kid. But I know that it's going to be the same people in 10 years that are calling the cops on him Mm. walking through their neighborhood. Mm -hmm. And so it's not necessarily a challenge today, but it's something that I find challenging because I'm always thinking about how am I going to raise them so that they feel safe? How am I going to raise them so that they're as protected as they can be? And how am I going to raise them? so that mentally they're not destroyed when they go out into this world and they have people talking about them because of the way they look or the way their hair is or where they come from Mm -hmm. or what have you, making sure that they feel that they belong and that they're not other than or what have you. I just, that to me is something that I, 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 I think is going to be a challenge for them in the future. And it's something that I challenge myself with on the daily to try and make sure that I can lessen that kind of like negative side as much as possible. Mm -hmm. You have a great support system. Let's talk about that. Cause not a lot of, at least I know not a lot of people have that support system. How often like do you and your wife just be like, you want some alone time and get it. I mean, so when we first had our kids, it was just us down here. Mm-hmm. Like, your parents were here, but we're not going to drop our kids off yeah. at your parents' house <laughs> every weekend. Like, My dad yeah. would have been like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's not their responsibility. Although they offered to babysit, right? And we will gladly take them up on it. But we're not just going to drop them off and be like, oh, yeah, we had kids, but we want to make them your responsibility. So, I mean, when we first had our when we first had our son, it was just us. By the time we had our daughter, um, my wife's mother was living here. Now both my parents are here and her mom is here. And it's great. Like, we, my wife and I am real big on, like, date nights because I still think you got to make sure that you keep your connection mm-hmm. with your spouse even though you have kids. And, I mean, having both sets of parents here, ha- that support system has just been great because – not just from a babysitting perspective. Like, I mean, we can drop them off at her mom's house or my parents' house, and they'll spend the night or they'll spend the weekend. Um, But, like, my son just graduated from kindergarten the other night. It was great that he was able to have my mom, my dad, and his other grandmother come and see that, Mm. right? When I – well, one, I didn't have graduations in kindergarten, but you can relate to this. And it's not anything that they did wrong, but how many things did grandma and grandpa come to for you? You know what I mean? Well, I can't even see. I feel like y'all had a close relationship with them because we're older than we did. Yeah. So like, I remember, <clears throat> like definitely. The only I don't I remember Grandpa, but not a lot because he died when I was about I think I was like four. Yeah. So like, I remember like me coming, saying high five, talking to him on like the on the steps or whatever, and then he passed. Yeah. And then when it came, and then after that, like 
my dad would just go to grandma's house to cut the grass, but we didn't really have like a real relationship to when she came to live with us. But at that point it was already kind of too late. Yeah. So like y'all had a closer relationship than we, than, than we did, but I don't think they really never came to anything. Cause by the time, nah, because when I, when we left Willenboro, graduated sixth grade, she wasn't there. And then I, she didn't make it by the time I graduated high school. High school. Yeah. So it's like, not that they did anything wrong, but it was just, I think, one, a different time. But two, like, they weren't always able to be mobile and uh-huh. be there. And then by the time they were old enough to do certain, or you were old enough for them to do certain things, one was gone. The other one was not necessarily physically or mentally all there anymore. Uh-huh. And then on my mom's side, they lived hours away from us when I was uh-huh. growing up. You know, we were in Jersey. They were up in New England. And so... I saw my grandmother and my grandfather on their side once every six months, and then my grandfather got Alzheimer's, and so he was basically gone from the time I was in, like, second grade on until mm. he passed, right? And so they were lived far away, so they were never at anything. Um, and again, not anything wrong with that. That's just how life was, but it's, like, my kids have both of sets of their grandparents in their life, and they will have memories of being with them and having them at our house for Christmas or at their house for Christmas or having them at track meets or basketball games Mm -hmm. or gymnastics or graduations. Like they're creating all those memories. And so even just like, it's not support in terms of, Oh, they're babysitting my kids, which they do, but it's like, they're also supporting us as a family unit. Like it's not just my wife and I at these events, they have a a posse that comes with them, Mm -hmm. a gang that comes behind them. And I just think that it's so important to like, one, letting us know that we have people that have our back and always want the best for us. But for my kids, like, it, that only helps to increase their confidence because you know you got a ton of people that support you and they want you to win, right? I talk about that with my friends. And me and my dad talked about it once. And I was like, hey, Pops, I'm going to be real with you. I know you always say, you know, wait till you get married, have kids and all this. I'm getting older and y'all getting older. And I don't want to have that same experience with my kids that I had to where they don't necessarily know their grandparents because either y'all getting older or y'all not here. Cause I wish I would have had, I've had more memories with my mom's real dad than, than who was exactly. your grandfather. Correct. And I only knew him for like a couple years before he passed. Yeah. So like I never really had that. Cause even on my mom's side, they were in Virginia and like we would spend time with them, but I was more closer to my uncles and aunts than I was with them. So it's just like, I want to make sure, like I told him, I was like, whenever I do have kids, like I want to make sure y'all have that, 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 you know what I'm saying? They have those memories. They have that connection. Cause I, I ain't get, I ain't really get a chance to have that. Yeah. And I mean, my wife, like her mother is the youngest of eight and her grandfather was already passed when her mother was pregnant, but her um, grandmother passed while her mother was pregnant. Mm. So she never met either of her grandparents, right? And my mother-in-law's oldest sister was kind of like her grandmother, but it's not her grandmother. Mm -hmm. So for her, it's also been important that my kids have access to her mom and my parents because, like, she had none of that. So even me growing up and you growing up, we were at least fortunate enough, like, I knew all my grandparents. Mm -hmm. Now, some died earlier than others, but I knew them all. Like, she knew none of them, right? Mm. So to your point about memories, the stuff that she didn't get to create, we're getting to create with mm-hmm. them, you know? And I just think it's so important. The first year of parenting, how was that? Like, when did you really start to, like, get in the groove? 
uh, immediately. Okay. <laughs> and, and, and I don't mean that to be like, oh, everything went smooth, but it's like, I can't explain. And I, I was trying to tell one of my friends a couple months ago who um, was about to have a baby. And I was just like, you know, even when you are in the hospital and you and your wife are pushing, it is just you and your wife. I was like, enjoy every moment of that because literally, and I think this is probably what was such a surprise to me is like the baby comes out, the nurses or whoever take that baby, wipe them off, wipe her off, put it on the mother's chest and then they leave the room. And all of a sudden there's three of you and you're just kind of like, what am I supposed to do with this? <laughs> <laughs> like, there, like no one has really prepared you for that. So mm-hmm. to me, it was just very weird to like, it's like you and I being in this room and then all of a sudden something magically pops up and now we're like, they're not here now, then they're here. And all of a sudden we're responsible for, mm-hmm. for the rest of our lives. Right. And so I think when I, what I mean by getting into the group uh, immediately is all of a sudden you got to figure out what it means to be a parent real quick. And so it doesn't mean that you're comfortable. Like, I don't think I was fully comfortable being a father. Um, probably. I mean, it didn't take that long. I was pretty cool with my role a month or two in, mm-hmm. um, but it's because you got to figure it like I can't panic cause he has to eat. I can't panic because he has crapped himself and I can't just leave him in his diaper. Mm-hmm. So I don't know the first thing about wiping green tar from his behind, but I got to go and do it. He's dirty. I got to wash him. You know what I mean? So it's like, you just, you figure it out extremely fast. I remember the first day I came home, I, I, I showed up. This boy started crying. He was yeah. crying. And then you went, so your wife is in the kitchen. I think you went to like the store or something. He looking at me. I'm looking at him. He started crying. I'm like, I don't know. And it was just like, it didn't even when I would hold him, he would start crying. So I'm like, yeah, let me wait to get a little bit older. Cause that's my only thing. Like as you, if, if you realize when it came to your kids, I, I was around more as they got older, older yeah. because I can be able to have a conversation with you. You crying. I, don't, I ain't a father. I don't know if it's a pee cry, if it's a poop cry, yeah. if it's a food cry. I just know you crying and you loud. I'd be like, Dang, they don't be like, I know if I talk loud, my voice be going, y'all don't be running out of breath. like. And, and they will scream and scream and scream from, for hours on end. And, I mean, like, he would wake up at, like, 2 in the morning and just scream for, like, 3 hours. Dang. When did that stop? Uh, Probably, like, 6 or 7 months. Mm. Yeah. Did y'all have a phase to where, like, he would stay up late uh, when he got older? Uh, Yeah, so it's interesting because my daughter is – she, as a kid, like, as a baby, she's never played with her sleep. Like, <laughs> and to, she's the same to this day. And so even before she could walk, when her bedtime came, she would start pointing towards the stairs. Mm-hmm. And if we didn't take her to the stairs, when she was able to crawl, she would crawl to the stairs, and she would wait at the bottom of the stairs until it was time to bring her up. And then you put her on her bed, and she would sleep through the whole night. With my son, I mean, he would want to be up. So initially, like, before he was in daycare i mean sometimes he would be up with us till 11 o'clock at night mm. just kind of like hanging out because he didn't want to go to sleep and we would try to put him down and he wouldn't stay asleep and then but i think eventually like once he got into daycare and he had a schedule like he mm-hmm. had a routine and we were fortunate back to support system when he first was born we actually had um help with us in our house my one of my wife's family members came and lived with us i think for the first two years of his life 
um, maybe first year of his life, sorry. So, it, like, we had help there. So, because he wasn't having to get up and go to daycare and, like, his day was just structured differently. Mm-hmm. But once we put him in something where he had an activity, then he got a lot better on going to sleep at the right time um, so that he could get the rest so that he can make it through the next day. Structure. I know that's important. What is their schedule like? Like, if they're, like, if they're not in daycare, at what time do they go to bed now? So, I, I want my kids down, down by 8.30. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I can't say that that always happens. And I think I'm a, the one that's a little bit more like on the, you need to be in bed in, at eight 30. Mm-hmm. Um, I think my wife will sometimes let them be up a little bit later just for whatever reasons. But when I'm home and I'm, <laughs> it's like, you need to get to bed. Cause I need my own time to mm-hmm. myself and they need to sleep so that like they can be productive citizens the next day. Um, and then they probably get up around 6.30 every morning. Okay. And we get him out the house by 7.30 so he can go to school. My daughter is probably out the house by 9-ish so that she can go to daycare. Okay. I had another question. It just slipped my mind just like that. Um, Being a father, when you first had your son, did you did you lean on your dad more for, for answers or support? or or do you And also, do you see some of his parenting styles and how you parent? Um, I think I, I, um, I'm, I lost my word. I leaned on all of my parents, my mother-in-law, okay. my father, and my mother for different things. I don't think I leaned on one any more than the other because they all kind of have experience and they all bring kind of like different things. Um, so I don't, I don't think I leaned any more on my dad than I did on my mom or my mother-in-law. I just kind of listened to them all. Cause they all were throwing advice. Even when I wasn't asking mm-hmm. for it, it was just, they were all always just throwing advice and throwing advice. The other thing is at the time, my parents didn't live here. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't like they were always around. Like we talked to them all the time. We, I think we talked to them before the pandemic, like once a week. Now we talk to them basically every day. Um, but it wasn't like. They were here to give real-time advice either like they are now. Like if they see something, my dad can say, you need to, like my daughter, her her gait when she walks might be a little off. And it's like you might want to watch that. Or I noticed that she's looking at the TV a little weird. Go check her out. Like mm-hmm. stuff like that. But before they moved here, I think it was more so like we just across the board took the same amount of advice from all of her parents, even though I will say I think, one of our parents who remained nameless <laughs> gave a little bit more advice than we asked for, which sometimes would cause issues, mm-hmm. but it all, it was all out of love. So it'll all work itself out. Being a girl, dad, how has that changed you? Um, I thought I was going to be a hard parent mm-hmm. and my wife laughs about it all the time. I thought I was going to be a hard parent. I thought I was going to be whipping them. Cause I mean, I grew up by the belt. You, like, spare, you and me both. Like, like, you know, spare the rod, <laughs> spoil the child. And, um, <clears throat> I haven't hit, I mean, I haven't hit either of my children um, at all. And to that point, I, I was talking to another friend of mine about this a couple of weeks ago, actually. But I was like, I don't really understand what a child would do that would make me want to hit them. Because, like, I'm over 200. I'm like 225 pounds and over six feet tall. Like, why would I want to hit someone that is like 40 pounds? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But to answer your question... I think it softened me a little bit because I thought I was going to be super hard and I wasn't, I wasn't super hard on my son. 
but when my daughter came, I wasn't super hard, period, anymore. Mm. Like, I, like, I just, they'll ask for something, and it's like, oh, like, yeah, you can have it. And my wife was like, what happened to this hard guy that was going to be yelling <laughs> and then beating his kids? And it's like, you know, you were just here when we were talking about mm-hmm. her going to spend the night at her mother's mm-hmm. house, uh, my, her grandmother's house. And I was like, well, if she wants to come home, maybe she should come home. <laughs> and my wife was like, no, she's going to spend the night at grandma's house tonight. So I think... Like, it softened me a little. Um, but it also, honestly, it made me... I'm not a worrier, so I don't want to say it made me worry. But back to the the challenge I talked mm-hmm. about a little bit earlier, it just made me so much more focused on specifically with her, but it then translated into my child, my, my son, um, is, like, you need to know how beautiful you are. And mm-hmm. you need to know how smart you are. You need to know how great you are and all this, like you need to understand that you are here to do whatever it is you're here to do, but no one can tell you you can't do like it made me just want to embed that in her, which naturally, like I said, translated over to my son as well so much more because I just I know the crap specifically that black females go through Mm, in this country from other black females from black men and then from, or I should say black women, black men, and then everyone else in this world. Mm-hmm. Um, there's racism, there's colorism, and I just, I don't want my daughter specifically to grow up hating herself. Mm-hmm. You know, I want her to have pride in herself. And so for me, it just made me laser focused on really, really making sure that both her and her brother just have unbreakable confidence. Mm-hmm. Because I need them to walk out into this world. I don't know how long I'll be here. Hopefully, it'll be for the next 40 years or so. But regardless of whether it's tomorrow or it's when I'm 80-something, 90-something, I want them to know how great they are with or without me here. Mm-hmm. And then also, like, my friends tell me all the time, he was like, when you have a daughter, it's different. He was like, you're a first true love. It was like, you, you, if you treat her bad or treat her mom bad, she's going to think, that's how every guy is supposed to treat me. And then it's just the whole cycle, like just the whole cycle of not being loved properly. Well, and so to that point, I, I kind of chuckle because I always say, and, and the way that my kids are growing up now is very different from how I grew up, mm-hmm. extremely different. And so my children have traveled the world. They eat in great restaurants. They go to great schools. And not that we didn't have a good childhood. It just was very Different. different and I always say to my wife like I want to make sure that my daughter knows what she is worth because I don't want her to meet some busted dude saying this on Facebook all like, the time. we're going to Miami <laughs> and we're having this great and she, I want my daughter to be like Miami, Miami like we need to go back to Paris <laughs> you know what I'm saying like I, I, I don't want her to fall into the traps of mm-hmm. oh she's looking for love through these material things because her dad was able to do this mm-hmm. stuff for her her mom was able to do this stuff for her but funny enough they we talk about that with just the girls, but I feel the same way with my son. Mm-hmm. Like, and that's kind of like I focused on it with my daughter, but it naturally translated over to my son as well. Again, you need to know what your worth is because I don't want you just getting with anybody or any old body just mm-hmm. because. Like, you need to understand what you what your, your value is and how people need to treat you because hopefully you will grow up to be successful just like your sister will grow up to be successful, and people are gonna friends and relationships will treat you certain ways just because, right? And so you need to understand how you need to move in both ways. So I don't know if that answers your question. That answers my question. If you had to take one trait from each child that you feel like could be their, uh, something they need to work on the most, what would it be? 
I think my son is too trusting. Uh, like I said, uh-huh. he's very, my wife is not too trusting, but he's very nice like my wife and very friendly and everyone is his friend. And it's like, oh, I, I, that's my friend, whoever. And you just met him five minutes ago. And I hate <laughs> that because I'm not like that uh-huh. at all. Um, and I, so I think he's too trusting and I get worried that as he gets older, he's going to trust the wrong people, uh-huh. whether they're friends or girlfriends and it's going to mess him up. With my daughter, I think she needs to work on her temperament and her, her temper. Um, both my kids get angry about things. When my son gets mad about something, he gets kind of like sad and he'll, he'll whine about it. When my daughter gets mad about something, she gets angry. I, I, I like very angry. She's been <laughs> like that since she was like a month old, like very, as she won't stop screaming she will throw things, she'll knock things over. And so I think for her, as she gets older, like that's not going to be acceptable. And so I think she's going to need to learn how to control her temper. So how do you get her to control her temper? I mean, I, it just, right now, specifically me, when she gets angry, I just tell, I'm like, you need to take three deep breaths. And she will. She'll stop and she'll take her breath and she'll take her breath and take her breath. But she's also only three right now. Mm-hmm. So I think just watching her as she continues to get older – and honestly, and this is part of the learning, I, I don't know exactly how we're going to do it with her, but we are going to have to make sure that as she steps up into her school for kindergarten in a couple years and goes to middle school, like, we're just going to have to monitor it because you might be big and bad in this house, but you will run across somebody who's bigger <laughs> and better than you. <laughs> and I don't want you to get laid out on the floor, you know, <laughs> or I don't want you to get expelled from school, mm-hmm. or, you know what I mean? And so... We'll just have to be on top of her. But I think that is the trait that I want her to work. I want her to, again, to know when she's being treated right or being treated mm-hmm. wrong. But you need to know how to respond. Yeah. No, I, I, I can, you know, I can relate to that. Because growing up, boy, <laughs> that, that man got me in trouble so many times. I'm just like, uh, I know my mom was like, and I think, like, for me, I feel like that's one thing. Like, just going, I don't like whoever I have a baby would get married to, whatever. I know. I, t- I try to tell myself off. I'd be like, all right, Troy, you know how you was. So if they turn on anything like you, at least give them grace to the seventh grade. Yeah. Because, boy, I was bad. Yeah. And I wasn't even, like, bad at home. I was just bad at school. At school. And it was just horrible. But I will say, because you know what triggered you, mm-hmm. like, there's things that I've seen in the back to, like, what do they do that reminds you of you or what have you. Like, you'll kind of know how to deal with it because you'll see elements of you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. not like it's going to be completely foreign. It's genetic. So you're, mm-hmm. you're gonna, they're going to do something. You're going to be like, uh, I know exactly where that's coming from. So you kind of know how to deal with it versus if it was someone you had no connection to, it might be a little bit harder to figure mm-hmm. out. So since the pandemic, you've been able to spend a lot more time with your kids, and that, that's drastically changed the relationship that you've had with them? I won't say it's drastically changed the relationship I had with them because they were so young Mm -hmm. before the pandemic. What I will say, though, is that it makes me concerned about if I have to go back to work the way that I did before Mm -hmm. the pandemic, what that's going to do. Because they are used to me putting them in bed every single night. Mm -hmm. They're used to me taking them to school or my son taking him to school in the morning and being back home before my wife takes my daughter to daycare. They're used to me being home to eat dinner with them every night. You know, they're used to me being around to eat breakfast with them. Like before, my job just consumed a lot of my time, right? And so they don't really remember any any of that Mm because my daughter was like one, my son was three or what have you, right? Or my daughter wasn't even one. 
the past two and a half years, they have had me every day, all day, minus a couple of trips I've had to take for work. And so um, they don't know anything other than that right now. Thank God, because it was different before the pandemic. I worry about what it's going to look like should I have to go back to my old ways of working. Mm -hmm. Nah, That's the one thing, like, interviewing a lot of people, a lot of people have said it was, like, one of their main things is just trying to find that work-life balance. And I like to call it something I, I we say at my company, but it's work life integration, mm, and it's okay. kind of hard like to truly have it because honestly, like I talked about how how they are growing up in a very different way than how I grew up. Mm-hmm. But if I didn't do what I was doing right now, they might be growing up the way that I did grow up. Mm-hmm. And my parents didn't sacrifice and do what they did for me to not be able to do better for my family. Mm-hmm. So it's like it kind of sucks because. I don't, you got to kind of give and take in all areas. And so it just, you got to figure out how much you're willing to give and how much you're willing to take and whether or not the benefits at the end, you know, are worth it. Mm -hmm. And it's like, they won't understand it till like they start to get older and then they'll be like, okay. Yeah. I mean, I think if they weren't able to do some of the things that they did now, they'd understand it. (laughs) 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 yeah i I think if their life had a a huge change they'd be very quick to ask like what's going on here Mm -hmm. and i will say my son my wife has done a very good job with him because he's old enough to understand it now like mommy and daddy go to work because they have to make money and we have to make money because we have to be able to pay bills and if we don't pay bills you don't get to live in this house you don't get to eat dinner. You don't get to do whatever it is that you like to do that making money helps us do, right? And so I think he understands that daddy has to do X or mommy has to do Y to pay bills, mm-hmm. right? I th- she's been very good at kind of drilling that in his mind. So even now, he's like, when can I start doing chores because I want an allowance so that I'm <laughs> saving my money. And that's like, well, you can do chores. That doesn't mean you're going to get an allowance. allowance. <laughs> but, I mean, but he has already correlated mm-hmm. that if I do work, then I get paid for my work. So, yeah, I think if life were to change for them, they would know. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Even my daughter. <laughs> Quickly, she'd be like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> This ain't this 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 ain't it, Dad. No. <laughs> <laughs> this ain't what I used to. So I mean, we we need we need we need to have a family meeting. You know what I'm like, saying? Like, yeah. <laughs> I understand. <laughs> Very fast. So we come to the end of the show where I do what I call my parents and corner. Ask you a series of questions. And so the first question is struggle of the week. What is a struggle that you had in the week that was handled in your household versus how you should have handled it? I don't, honestly, I don't really think we had a struggle this week. Okay. Uh, I'm trying to, I'm trying to think back to a week where maybe we had a struggle. Um, and I won't say it was a struggle, but I'll think of a time it dealt with my daughter and, um, we ended up having to rush her to the emergency room because she split her lip wide open, Mm. but I probably could have been more attentive. It was when she was learning how to walk Mm. and she didn't quite know how to walk and she slipped and she hit her mouth on our coffee table, which split her lip open, Mm. um, and so the struggle was that we had to spend a couple of hours in the emergency room. If I could have done it differently, I probably would have been watching her a little closer okay. instead of letting her kind of move on her own. You have a funny dad story? Um, Not really. I mean, it was funny to me because it grossed my wife out and I didn't like it. But my son had just got done eating. 
<laughs> and then yeah, <laughs> he had, like just got done eating, and I was like throwing him up in the air, <laughs> and he started like convulsing. <laughs> and we were on like our like the way our living room is. We have like this big rug, but then it runs over onto like these hard floors. And he started convulsing. As soon as he started convulsing, I knew exactly what was happening. So I just ran as fast as I could, and um, then he just like all over me. I mean, just like all over me. Mm. Um, and so the funny story is that mistake, right? Mm. Maybe you shouldn't be throwing your child <laughs> in the air after ju- they just say dinner. Cause I mean, he literally threw everything up all over me, but I did get him on the floor. So it didn't get all over the carpet. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, how do you view yourself as a father? A great father. Yeah. I, I have no question about that. I think I had a great role model from my grandfather on my father's side. Mm-hmm. Um, my grandfather on my mother's side was fine, but like I said, he got sick with Alzheimer's, so I didn't know him that well. But I think grandpa was a great role model, and then I think my father is a phenomenal role model. I think your father is a phenomenal role model, and my mother's brother was a phenomenal role mother, role model. And so I think I had a lot of their um, – I watched a lot of what they did, and mm-hmm. that translated into how I father. And honestly, I think – how I judge it is not just because, oh, I think I'm a great father. I look at how my kids react around me mm. and how much my kids enjoy being around me. Same with their mother and, like, what they just look for from us. And I think if my kids didn't like me or they were scared of me or they didn't want to be around me, that would lead me to give you a different answer. Mm-hmm. But I think, honestly, I, I'm a good dad. Nah, man. We, like, the older I get, the more I realize that we are truly blessed to come from a lineage of men that was – Great fathers, because people don't have they don't that. Have them. They yeah. don't have that. You just went from grandpa, uncle, my dad, you. That's four right there. Yeah. Like most people don't even get one. Yeah. Like, and that's just I just be like, yo, I just be telling my dad all the time, like, yo, man, you know, you may work my nerves down. I'm older, you know. Yeah. You want this rent, but exactly. Yeah, I was like, I can't never take away from you and mom that what what yeah. y'all done. Because if you think about grandpa, like. He didn't have his father growing up. Mm. So it's like, you know, he had to figure out how to be a good dad without that Mm -hmm. model, but he was. And then it's spun to your father and my father, who are both great dads, which has now come to me, who has led in the next generation, and hopefully my brothers and your brothers Mm -hmm. eventually. Because my dad told me all the time, he was like, I remember he always told me growing up, he was like, I ain't going to be able to get you everything that you need. I'm going to be able to get you everything that you want. And then hopefully... As you get older and you have kids, I put you in a better position to where you can give your children their wants and, and needs. their needs. Yeah. So I agree with that. And then the last one, right? The dad draft. Round one through seven. Where would you place yourself at? No, round one. Okay. <laughs> I suppose you that. I think I'm a great dad. So <laughs> Yeah, I'm going first. <laughs> <laughs> Nah, man, I appreciate you getting on. You definitely, like I said, I come from a great lineage of fathers. I'll be paying close attention to you when I see you so I can try to, like, get tips. No, I appreciate Whenever, it, like, man. you know, I have a kid, I'd be like, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. I'm not going to do this, I'm not going to do that. I do think as I do have a kid, I'll probably end up like you and being soft. Because if you would ask me, like, four years ago, yeah, these kids going to get these whoopings. Because yeah. I got these whoopings. Like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Act up if you want to. But it's different when you have your own kid. Yeah. And I, also, I so I think it's one. It's a different time, mm-hmm. right? So one, I'm not trying to go to jail. Yeah, because they they'll throw you in jail quick for being your own kid, for being your own blood. Fast. But like I said, the other thing is I don't know where I'm at right now. I just personally, 
how am I about to take a belt or my hand and hit somebody who is like eight times less, like less weight mm-hmm. than me, and they're like three foot nothing, and I'm <laughs> over twice. Their, I just like the concept doesn't even make sense to me anymore. And I and I, that's not to say that how other people um, raise their kids and discipline their kids is incorrect. I think everyone has the right to do whatever they want to do. For me, I just I I can't see myself taking my arm and you know beating the crap out of my I just Mm -hmm. I I don't see that now that doesn't mean as they get older that won't happen but right now at the age that they are it just it 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 does not make sense okay you got any final words any final thoughts um I just think you know as a father um and specifically you know as a black father pouring into your black children whether they are sons or daughters I just think, you know, for those that are listening, um, for me, it's critically important that you pour how important they are into their bodies. Mm. You know, I think my parents did a good job about it, but there were still times coming up, depending on where I went to school or even when I joined the workforce, where people are going to make you question your value and question your worth. And I think that we are great and we need to try and make sure that this next generation of people are even greater. And it all just comes from them truly believing in themselves and truly feeling like they have the support that they need to be whatever they want to be. So I just, I think it's super, super important that you just pour all that love, all that confidence into your kids, because then not that it will ensure it doesn't happen, but it reduces the risk of picking bad partners and picking, making bad decisions when it comes to, you know, things that can cause bodily harm or being able to not go with the crowd when it's not the right thing to do. I just think, like, we have such an important part of their life, especially mm-hmm. this early on. Take it to heart. It's not something that you should just look at lightly. Like, if you're bringing a kid in this world, own it. Mm-hmm. Own it. Love them. Cherish them. Pour into them. Because the kid ain't asked to be here. And if you lay the foundation right, they may not always go buy it. But as they get older, they'll remember that foundation. Absolutely. As opposed to if you lay the wrong foundation, it's, 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 Absolutely. it's a wrap. If we talk about generational curses, if you have them, break them. <clears throat> that That's why I'll leave it. Okay. Um, so we're going to end it. I appreciate you getting on. This was good. This was really good. I I, really, I, I'm happy. Hey, hey when listen. You, when you said this is what you want to talk about, I was like, I don't know if I really am going to be helpful on the this one particular thing, podcast. The one thing I learned, cousin, <laughs> I... I could put together a conversation. Yeah. That's the one thing. <laughs> you, all I got to do is give me a direction and I can yeah. take it from there. That's the one thing. The only time I guess I would say I really had a struggle was when I interviewed my dad because I had a, I had a strict set of like, you know, what it was like on raising us. He was like, bro, I was like 30 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> he was like, I remember that. I barely remember what happened yesterday. <laughs> and I'm just like, all right. So I had to like switch the conversation mid podcast topic. But other than that, like, yeah, that, I'm, I'm, that's that's one thing, like, I've I've gotten pretty good at. Good. No, and I mean, and I think you're doing a great job. With, I've watched you grow, like, over the past, I guess, three years mm-hmm. or so. Like, and it started with an episode. And they got a ton of episodes. And I just, I, you're doing great things. Keep doing it, man. I appreciate it, man. Like, it took me a while, but I feel like I've, I got something here. Yeah. Definitely feel like I got something and Not here. where you start, but where, where you, you Where you want to go and how you're going to get mm-hmm. there. And you're carving your path. So keep exactly. going. Exactly. Um... If y'all want to listen to the podcast, man, uh, rate, review, subscribe on Apple and Spotify. Um, 
every Monday and Friday, 6 a.m., I'll be dropping. If you want to start a podcast, www.theaverageshowmedia.com. You hear how we sound. I'll get you right, as always. This is an Average Joe Media production. And I'll see y'all next week, man. It's your future favorite baby daddy signing off. Peace. Well, ain't no bad. That's just my baby. Baby daddy crime. As a father, yes, I feel like I'm somebody My life is my kid, so I tell about it And I swear it's all about that Baby daddy, I ain't a baby daddy